Welcome to the Experts Only podcast, sponsored by Clean Capital, where we explore the intersection of energy, innovation and finance. Our host is Clean Capital's co-founder and former Federal Chief Sustainability Officer, John Powers. Learn how Clean Capital is revolutionising clean energy finance and find more episodes at cleancapital.com, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Welcome back to Clean Capital's Experts Only podcast. Today we're going to be talking to Hans Kobler, the CEO and Managing Partner at Energy Impact Partners. Hans has had an incredible career across the industry and now is working within Energy Impact Partners representing uh, 16 global energy companies, major utilities like Southern Company, National Grid, Cell Energy, a representative cumulative $263 billion market value, and helping them invest and find innovation. It's an exciting time for in the industry, and we're going to talk with Hans about culture change that's happening today within those utilities and how they're really helping to, to help them find the path forward in this transformational time. Hans, thanks so much for joining us in today's Experts Only podcast. Yeah, pleasure being here. You've had quite an incredible career that's touched the industry on many different verticals. As an investor, as an advisor, as an operator, you've seen sort of been worked extensively across the space. I definitely want to get into those different verticals, but I want to talk a little bit about your background. You know, I I read that you started in aerospace engineering at, at the Technical University of Munich, and then later went to get an MBA at the University of Texas. Were you born in Germany? Yeah, I, I grew up in a small town outside Munich. What's uh, the name of the town? <laughs> 800 people. It's an hour and a half from Munich. It's called Tristan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was stationed over in Germany, up in Giesen, Germany, just north of Fra- Frankfurt for a couple of years. We stick to English, I presume. Yes, that's good. It's for, for, for everyone's safety, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in the army at the time, so I was very good at ordering beers in German, but not much <laughs> more. So. And so when you went, so how did you jump from from the aerospace st- side to getting an MBA at University of Texas? Yeah, the, uh, I actually I entered a PhD program to make matters worse. Oh, wow. And I, and I realized fairly quickly that you know, it's it's not meant for me. So I actually never worked a day in my life in in, in, in engineering. And I, I went straight uh, to business school here to pursue more of the business side of, of things, which it, it tra- attracted me more at the time. Well, it's worked out well for you. How did you... How did you enjoy the jump from, from Germany to, to Austin, Texas? Oh, very much so. You know, I, I met my wife there. Oh, uh, we, oh. we went back to Germany for for a year and both realized that we really like it here and uh, uh, came here almost 20 years ago now and, and settled down and called this home now. So it's a great That's place amazing. to be. So, you know, in that process, like what what has stoked your interest in the innovation and course you've had a very heavy focus on, on technology and, and energy what, what sort of led you there yeah I, I ended up doing quite some you know I went to consulting after you know after business school and you know advised bigger companies and smaller companies on changing business models and strategy and and started working with private equity guys in the due diligence doing due diligence for them at Bain and, and through that I joined GE's equity group as their chief strategy officer and as part of that role is sort of we had to figure out a way how to how to use uh, venture capital productively uh, with strategic partners on on you know for the benefit of the operating business and of course right. we got 
very much uh, involved with the with innovation and changes across many industries, from the internet to medical to to others. And and I found it I found it fascinating to to really look ahead, look over the horizon, what what are the new things that are coming, and haven't left since. Have you seen sort of the, some of the core lessons learned? You know, I think at GE, you know, you're working at one of the the strongest institutions, obviously we've we've ever had here in the U.S. from a private private sector perspective, and working across venture capital, looking at innovation, you know, how did you sort of wrestle with being part of that major uh, organization and really trying to drive innovation at the same time? Well, that's a million dollar question that I think every large uh, company wrestles with or right. that every incumbent wrestles with sort of how, how, how to change, right? Uh, do you build it yourself? Do you buy partner? Do you look elsewhere? Do you cannibalize yourself? Do you change the culture? You know, do you do do you change the model from the inside? It's uh, that that's a tough one. That I think many corporations and many sectors are wrestling with uh, with that on 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 a daily basis. When when I was at GE, the you know, the, I think we had a, a good balance there where we said let's not reinvent the wheel, but let's really look outside uh, what other people do because those you know amazing companies with out of a garage with 10, 20, 30 people. They act more nimble and they can, you know, do things that it's very hard for, or very, things that are very hard for a large company to do. And and by by investing in them, even just a small stake and sitting on their boards and giving getting exposure with them, I think large companies, large corporations, can learn a great deal um, to you know to find the new technologies, but also to sort of have an impact on their culture. Interesting. That seems to be a theme that sort of runs across your career, and I'm going to come back to that. Is is focusing on sort of changing those uh, those institutional cultures and pushing them to be innovative. But what, you, you also you know jump back and forth between sort of investing and on the operating side. You know, earlier this year we had Brooke Porter from former formerly of Kleiner Perkins on talking about uh, his experience doing that, and you know I think some of the lessons he'd had learned as an operator they took into an investing and then obviously being able to share those back with the folks that you're advising now and investing in you know over the course of uh, your career when you've made those jumps back and forth what are the things you've taken away that you're now able to turn back to and maybe mentor the companies you're working with or, or provide insight to to either operators or investors because you've played on both sides yeah i wouldn't say i made really one jump only i've, I've been most of my time in my career, I was a consultant telling people what I think they should do or right. an investor coming to board meetings and telling people what I think they should do. And, and that's very different from being in the trenches. You know, I, I sort of got pulled in almost by happenstance in, in running a business. We, we, we at the time had a portfolio of companies and we, we, we did a little roll up of, you know, advanced sensor technology companies and when we tried to hire a CEO, most of the portfolio didn't like you know, who we proposed, so I said, I'll do it for a year. <laughs> and, and of course, that, that, that year turned into you know, five and brought right. the company public and ran it as a public company for, for, for quite some time. So that, that was a very unique experience, but I did it once. <laughs> but, but I think it's a very, you know, yeah, very helpful experience for us that sit on boards and, you know, of, of those little companies, the challenges to actually execute a strategy or to run a business on a daily basis, it's very different from what you see in the boardroom or what the you know, venture capitalists, private equity firms find. So I, I wouldn't want to miss it. I like my job today a lot more 
but I'm, I'm really glad I, I, I went through that process that I can, you know, speak with, you know, really from a different reference point, uh, what the challenges are. And, and then things come up like, you know, the culture of the organization, the, the, the how you treat people, how you, how you work together, how you organize, how you reward people. And sometimes it's the little things that, that matter, you know, and make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about some of the some of the investors that we've worked with, and you know, obviously engaging our board. You know, having folks that have had that that on the ground experience has been critical in helping us think through and and better operate. Right. That's that's some of the key advice that that we can take day in and day out to make sure we're doing what we we need to 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 engage our strategies. And how does you know how did that leadership role you had in a company prepare you for what you're doing today? You know, I, I think it gave me really a great perspective. You know, I've been in, in the investing business for 20 years plus or minus, and we brought several companies public, but preparing for the IPO, being on the roadshow you know, yourself and running that, you know, thousand people, it, it, I think it makes, it makes it more real when you talk with your CEOs and h- how you can help them and share some experiences. And I think it also sort of mellows you down a little bit that what is easily said or put in a PowerPoint to actually execute it, sometimes a lot harder than, right. than, than, than people think. So, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that ex- experience. Yeah, it's, e- it's easy but, to put targets in the PowerPoint. It's right, more it's challenging easy. to hit those targets. It's also a matter, you have so many CEOs today, they, they have to fight so many battles. Business always change. You come up with the greatest strategy and things change and then but then you you fight the little problems from you know who gets which uh, which office or what 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 the lever chair who gets the lever chair and and so keeping the perspective and prioritizing and staying focused while doing all that is is, uh, is an important lesson that I think I'm 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 grateful that I went through. That's wonderful. So let's go back to I want to go back to sort of the culture change conversation, but really take it from a you know, making an impact. I mean, you're working today sort of across the utility business where models haven't changed or hadn't originally changed for, you know, not a full century because they've been around a full century, but a significant amount of time. And the status quo had been and moving. Now we're seeing massive transition in the utility business. And we're seeing some really exciting change happening. And, you know, many have looked at the innovations coming out of these new areas. And I think, you know, better than anyone, some of the utilities have taken them on head on and, and been able to to find ways to incorporate them in the business models. Others have struggled. Others have found ways to, to, you know, whether it be looking at storage, solar, microgrids, wind, energy efficiency, demand response, there's so many, so many challenges for them to wrestle with. And then looking at how do they utilize their own capital to really find and target some of those most innovative ideas. And I think you guys at Energy Impact Partners are have really wrestled that in a good way. Uh, you know, just for the listeners, Energy Impact Partners represents a group of 16 global energy companies, including major utilities like Southern Company, National Grid, and XL Energy. A cumulative $263 billion in market value. That's incredible. So tell us a little bit about, you know, Hans, how you, this mission that you have at Energy Impact Partners and, you know, what you're doing day to day. All right. Well, maybe just uh, to uh, a little bit of a background on the industry, sort of the, the power industry, the electricity, it's just an incredibly important industry for us, for everyone, because it keeps the light on, it keeps the industry going, it allows education, wealth uh, around the world. And so so being part of that is just a special place to be for starters. Now, that industry hasn't really changed all that much in, in 100 years, 
but has been and is changing dramatically right now as it has never changed before, right? So you have, exactly. as you know, you have, you know, the, the big three Ds, you have this, you know, you have clean energy coming up, you have these decarbonized, decentralized and digital conversions here happening, which dramatically changes the entire infrastructure, the entire industry, you, which brings us towards a clean environment, but it also requires massive changes in the current infrastructure and uh, the utilities uh, the, are right in the middle of that. So they, 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 they are taking a much more proactive role uh, where they say, look, we've got to do something about this. We know the world is changing. People will have all the things you just mentioned, the solar roof. We have, we have storage enabling sort of uh, to some degree a disconnect from the grid. But then all those new, new, new generation forms, electric vehicles, are inducing a great strain on the grid. So the world will change dramatically. And, and the utilities know that, and they, they are getting more and more active into the innovation process uh, where they, 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 you know, some, you know, some of them are starting to do venture capital investments. You know, that's, that's where we come in and helping 14 of, of them either to, to do it through us or, or working with us to beef up their efforts so that they get exposure to, to those new technologies and business models that they can use in some form uh, to improve their business. And they're also changing, they're working hard on changing their culture. Several of our you know, partners, National Grid and others, um, are really you know, changing the whole approach and, and image so that they are prepared for this, for this new world. And uh, we can, we as EIP, that we can play a little part in, in helping them get there, uh, makes us really proud. So t- fill me in a little bit on how this got started. I mean, obviously, you know, most most utilities have generally been conservative. As you said, there's been a, uh, an exciting culture change happening. You know, how were you able to convince them to, to to pool their money in this way? And was it was it something that you know had been in the works for a series of of years? Was it did it come out of a, a series of conversations that were being had? Like, you know, add some color on you know what how you were able to launch this. Mm-hmm. So, so our our model, our approach goes literally back twenty years to the work uh, I and my team did in in the late nineties at GE, where we were some of the pioneers of of strategic equity investing. GE always had a wonderful and very uh, lucrative capital arm, right, right. but at some point Jack Welch uh, gave the mandate out, so it's great that you all get make money, but do something to help the operating businesses be more successful by being their eyes and ears, by scouting new technologies, business models, by avoiding that they reinvent the wheel uh, in R&D, or by having more influence on the supply chain by sitting on the board and being an investor, and, and maybe you know make a profit in, in reducing the risk at, at M&A. So that's kind of was the principal model, and we did that back then very successfully in several industries from medical systems to internet with NBC to, to power technology, which I was running at the time. And now rather than working with the, you know, GE power systems or GE research, we now work with uh, 16 global energy companies. What was intriguing to, to the utilities or our partners was to one extent that we you know, combine it in a way the best of both worlds, the best of strategic approaches and financial approaches under uh, on, on one roof because we can bring the team and the financial alignment to, to do this successfully. But in addition to that, they were really liking the ability to collaborate with other peers right, that right. are not comp- 
competitors so that they exchange information um, and compare notes. So when, when we go after uh, sectors that are priorities for our partners, such as you know, electric vehicle charging or storage or customer engagement, cybersecurity, we typically bring together the experts from our partners in a room and analyze the segment uh, collectively. And, and so, so, so they get the benefit of the insights, but they also get to network with a, with a group of trusted peers where they can very openly exchange ideas and, and sort of reduce the risk of innovation, which is very important for, for utilities because they, they, you know, they have an obligation to innovate, but they also have, first and foremost, the obligation to keep the lights on. So mistakes are maybe a little bit more critical for them. And, and right. I think the, collabor- the collaborative part is, is a very powerful you know, component of, of what we do. So can you talk a little bit about what verticals that you're looking into and, and trying to invest in? And then you know, maybe add some color on you know, how are you finding, finding those investments? I mean, you've got an amazing advisory board of former secretaries of energy and, and folks who've worked uh, as – as chief information officers and, and CTOs. I mean, when you go to your website, and I challenge any, everyone to do that, it's energyimpactpartners.com. Just an amazing group of, of thought leaders associated with the work you're doing. You know, how do you decide what verticals are going to, and then how do you find companies that pull into those opportunities or to invest in? So we, 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 we try to follow the strategic priorities of our partners, and then within those pick the investments where we think we can make money. That's kind of our simple right. guide. And in order to find out what their priorities are, we, we ask them in a simple survey, in an annual survey, we actually just finished one. I'm not sure if the new one is on uh, on the website yet, but we had our annual meeting a, a week ago. Uh, and and in, in those surveys, we first asked them, what's the primary motivation that drives you? And the theme there is typically around, look, I wanna get, you know, I wanna, I wanna get closer, I wanna get, have more revenues. Right? I want to increase revenues because they lose revenues to the when people go on solar and, and others, the electricity consumption goes down. Right. Uh, so increase revenues, get closer to the customer, and and harden the system for this you know, difficult new digital decarbonized decentralized world uh, that puts a great strain on it. So that's kind of the overall theme. And then one level below that, uh, you know, we have them rank fifty sub segments that. Uh, you know, on a scale of five, that's our GE training, and we put it in dashboards and the likes, and, and sort of pretty much on, you know, high on top in, in the past were things like, you know, storage behind the meter, in front of the meter, EV charging, uh, electrification, uh, big topic, customer engagement, clean energy, wind, solar, um, you know, big topic, cybersecurity, uh, derms, distribution. So th- those are kind of the the the, the Hitting the highlights, and um, and we actually we actually publish that on our website. So when, when you go there, you you see the details of that. And uh, but it also you know it goes goes down further where you know, we we look at operational technologies that uh, allow um, innovation to happen faster. So we have a working group around that, our culture change things. You know we, we look at the whole how does EI come in here? We probably uh, AI. We, we probably look at the whole. Uh, Bitcoin in a working group, you know, I'm not sure we're going to invest, but sort of the, the, we, we at least we look at things and we put it in our database, which we share with our partners to, to see what is coming. You know, some of the financing model like you, you saw we have some uh, financing investments also. Uh, so we cover really the almost the whole food chain of the electron from 
cradle to grave. And what what we like uh, the most are companies uh, where we can bring more than just money, where we can put our partners in some form to bear by being a customer, being a partner, by helping with due diligence to make a difference uh, on uh, uh, making the life of our portfolio CEOs easier. Yeah, I think that's one of the most exciting things about what I've heard from talking to some of your portfolio companies, just from folks that I've known throughout the industry, who have you know told me that the value add of Energy Impact Partners is, of course, obviously the the capital is great, but you know helping helping them engage with the utilities, which can be you know it's it's can be significantly challenging for a young company to do and try to find the folks that are being innovative in those companies. You already know who they are, right? So you're engaging them, helping coach them to be there. And then, you know, some of the folks have talked about the way those utilities have brought them in and, and, you know, brought them in house and helped them engage their, their, their customers in a unique way. And I think that's really exciting and, you know, can be really transformational for, for those utilities. And of course, as for folks in the startup space, that's, that's game changing and, helping you prove out your 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 worth and scaling so that's uh that's it's great work yeah absolutely absolutely and not only for young guys it's difficult to sell to a utility you know and let, let's let, let's face it and and the reason is that uh, you know utilities have a, a great responsibility so they are fairly risk averse and right. they do testing and sometimes more testing and and they have to follow very strict procurement rules and the you know the the way they get compensated is different from what people might be used from other industries. So, so selling to a utility is hard, and we view our job as as, as EIP. We want to make that easier for our portfolio companies, and and so bringing together hopefully what will be the leaders, the innovators in the segments that matter with with a, you know, with the key players in the utilities. Is, is kind of our mission and you know we do that and that's the nice thing about having such a broad coalition uh, we do that not only with one but with, with 15 or 16 holding companies that have you know 50 plus utilities behind them and and that hopefully will make a difference we've seen you know we're a fairly young fund you know but we've, we've seen great success with dozens of, of deals that we were able to broker and and hopefully a lot more to come and you know it helps overcome one of the biggest barriers to clean tech venture that's been out there. I mean, one of the reasons I think we saw such a drop in, in capital being put in the space was company young companies struggled to to really have the long game that's needed to engage those utilities, right? And get implemented, whether it be a you know generation system or or uh, you know a, a smart grid system. Like those are those are really complicated regulatory regimes they're entering into and and knowing the long term play doesn't always map to traditional venture capital. I think you see now breakthrough in, or breakthrough and some of the other players coming in to try to play long. I think your ability to engage and help with the utilities can be really game changing for for those those new technologies. We'd like to we'd like to think so, but it's you know it's a, it's 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 a vast industry. It's one, if not the largest industry in the world, but it also has a lot of challenges, right? And uh, right. and uh, you know, and some of the, some of the some of you know you you have the laws of uh, physics that are not uh, very uh, forgiving in 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 our world. You you cannot really FedEx the en- electrons, so you still need right. to work with the uh, with the grids. And and then you have the regulators that have a great deal of say who 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 the winner is going to be. And uh, and 
And so you throw all this together, then I think the right approach or the only approach almost is working really uh, with the incumbents, with the utilities to collectively figure out what the right answer is. And the answer might be different in different states and PUCs. But working together, I think, has a higher chance of success. So just two final questions. One, you know, looking across the, the horizon, what what area most excites you? You mentioned, you mentioned AI. Is there a specific sort of area that you get get excited for and are really looking into as sort of being the next big thing? Oh, well, we, we, we have uh, several sectors that, that I, I, I think the AI is one of them where applying smarts and logics to to be smarter about the timing and the consumption patterns. I think there's a huge potential in, in that. I think the whole elect- mobility, transportation, electrification, there's huge potential in that. You know, that just studies just came out that there will be, you know, five trillion dollars need to be invested in you know, the electric vehicle infrastructure when in, when we move uh, towards electric vehicles, which is nonstop. So, so that whole dimensions opens you know, incredible opportunity to do something good for the environment, to to be smarter about the grid. You know, so that, I think that is exciting. And then, and of the, course, build new oh, demand for the uh, <laughs> the utilities as well. Incre- I mean, incredible amount of new demand, but also better demand, smarter right. demand, uh, more flexible demand, and um, and then and then of course we have you know the, the the move towards clean energy, which is great for the environment. You know. Combined with storage, which is part of the pattern that I talked talk before, I think those are all exciting areas for for all of us here. Yeah, it's this. a great time in this. I think this transformative transformative time in the industry for sure. So I always ask a final question, and you're, you're the first guest I've had on that was uh, born internationally. So you know, looking back across your career, if you could go back and sit down with yourself in in Germany. Uh, when you were coming out of high school or finishing up school in Munich, you know what what piece of career advice would you give yourself? Say, what, say the last thing again. What, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Out? If you <laughs> if you had a chance to sit down with yourself at for uh, for a beer coming out of college, what would you what would you tell yourself? I d- d- do something what you uh, do what you care about and where your heart is, uh, because then it's easier to be good at it, right? And and make a difference and pick pick, pick a macro, yeah. You know, it sort of it starts probably with the macro area. Pick an area that you care about, and then do something that you enjoy doing, and then then follow you you know follow that path, and I think good things can happen. That's great, Hans. Thank you so much for for taking the time today, and look forward to seeing you up in New York City here soon. Yeah, stop by. A pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. What an interesting conversation, Hans. Obviously, has seen a lot across this industry, and you know. We're, we're going to be tracking and watching what Energy Impact Partners does for a long time to come and seeing the impact firsthand and what we are pursuing in this energy space. So first, I wanted to thank producers, Emily Connor and Lauren Glickman, for their support. And thank you all for listening. If, again, if you have ideas, please go to cleancapital.com. Check out our new website. Give us your input on the podcast. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks.